Well, greetings, everyone. Hope everyone can hear me. Um, my name's uh, Scott, and uh, I'm the Home Mission Pastor at uh, Hawkesbury Church. So uh, greetings to all those people at Woodford. Thanks for your um, organisation and getting things together and uh, uh, and allowing our people from Hawkesbury an opportunity to, to pan into Woodford Church and uh, uh, give them a, a break for a week, uh, maybe two. Uh, we'll see how things go. Um, I know things were all sort of rushed around um, uh, at the end uh, of the day yesterday and we had to organise all sorts of things. So um, thank you to uh, everybody who's come together and just uh, made this all happen. It's just uh, a wonderful blessing. Uh, thank you also to your encouragement and your prayers for uh, uh, Hawkesbury Church, uh, for ourselves, uh, for Bernie and Emma and myself. Uh, we really appreciate it. And there may be some people here today from uh, other churches who have uh, clicked into our, uh, our, our broadcast today. So welcome to you, whether you're uh, down on the plains uh, or in part of uh, extended Sydney or you're up in the Blue Mountains, uh, wherever you're from. Uh, it's wonderful to join together, uh, to celebrate God, to worship him. And uh, although we can't physically be together, uh, we are together in his name spiritually and uh, just welcome everyone this morning. We're going to come and look at God's word and we're going to continue on in the sermon series uh, that Woodford Church have been doing, which is uh, through the book of uh, John. Uh, Hawkesbury Church will come and look at that in, uh, in the months to come. Uh, so uh, we're going to actually turn to uh, a passage commencing in um, uh, in uh, John chapter 15. So uh, I'll find my notes. And we're going to start at uh, verse 18 of John chapter 15, which will give us a bit of a, an introduction to today's uh, passage uh, from John chapter 16, verses 1 to 4. So um, I'll let you get uh, your moment's uh, breath to uh, just get uh, those uh, that passage uh, ready. So we'll start at John chapter 15 and uh, verse 18, and then we'll go from there. So I'll give you a couple of seconds to look that up, and then we'll, we'll uh, commence our time as we look at God's word. So John chapter 15, and we'll commence at verse 18. I'll just make sure my computer's up and running. It's working. Yep. This is the word of God. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember the words I spoke to you. No servant is greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obey my teaching, they will obey yours also. They will treat you this way because of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin. Now, however, they have no excuse for their sin. He who hates me hates my father as well. If I had not done among them what no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have seen these miracles, and yet they have hated both me and my father. But this is to fulfill 
what is written in their law. They hated me without reason. When the counsel comes, who I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. All this I have told you so that you will not go astray. They will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, a time is coming when anyone who kills you will think he is offering a service to God. They will do such things because they have not known the Father or me. I have told you this so that when the time comes, you will remember that I warned you. I did not tell you this at first because I was with you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's come before him in prayer. Let's pray. Our gracious Father, as we come before your holy word, give us eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to receive your word through your spirit, and mouths to declare your praise and actions that reveal your truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, as a youth leader, I went to a, uh, a special speaker rally. And the message that evening, and there was a call at the end of the talk for those responding to the message to come up the front and commit their lives to Christ. From hundreds of young people gathered that evening. It's remained with me, and I thought it was strange then, and now I'm disappointed at their presentation of the gospel and what it means to follow Jesus. Now, we're sort of along the lines of once you are a Christian, all of your current life, the things you're struggling with, all the things will just now fit into place and everything will just be fine and wonderful now that you are a Christian. You will have a new life and the here and now will all be sorted. It'll be all good. There'll be no more problems will, will beset you. And there was another church group next to us, and I heard the youth leaders say to the young people in their group when the call came to commit, go up the front. You want to be saved. Don't miss out. That's why we're here tonight. I want everyone to do this. And as these young people went up to the stage, the announcement came through, you have chosen Christ, and now it's celebration time. That's the end of the example. Yes, there is a new future in Christ, forgiveness of sins, acceptance into the kingdom and loved by the Saviour. But to teach and lead that your problems today will be over and whatever you ever wanted and desired will now just happen. To expect blessings from God when and where you want, at the time you want, with a kind of I'm really special attitude. That God will work to your purpose to keep you constantly in the state of happiness and you'll never have any challenges and that you'll be accepted by everyone around because of your belief in Jesus. Now, this is not what the Bible says and teaches. Maybe this was an example of a way of convincing people that hard sell to turn to Christ. But this gives the listener, the person committing their lives to Jesus, 
a false impression of who Jesus is and what he has done. If we know the word of God, the Bible teaches something quite different. Jesus said, in fact, the opposite. And as we read in John chapter 15, Jesus says words like, you do not belong to the world. The world hates you. They will persecute you also because of my name. And we heard as Caleb prayed, there are people in countries dealing with this. And why is that important for us? This is because keep in mind that the world hated Jesus first. And if they persecuted Jesus, which they did, then you, God's children, will be hated and persecuted as well. For they, the world, do not know the one who sent Jesus, and yet the world have hated both Jesus and therefore Father God. For the world hated Jesus without reason. The non-believing world is increasingly hostile to Jesus because Jesus is identified with Christianity by the world. And it's interesting, as soon as we mention Jesus to a non-believer, they look on us quite differently because Jesus is distinctly Christian. The fact that you could say, I worship God to the outside world, another person who might hear you may identify with another God, their God, which is whoever they want them to be. Which God? Well, whatever God makes them happy, because there are lots of gods out there. And the God of spiritualism works well, or the God of individualism, or materialism, or social status, or lifestyle. And as Homer Simpson said, to his made-up God in his dream, I will worship you in my own way. To which his God replied, Homer, it's a deal. Worship of God to the world, that's nothing new. And it's even okay to the world to go to a place of worship. But challenge a non-believer with Jesus based on the God of the Bible, because Jesus to us believers is Christianity, then you, have, then you have often crossed the line with them. The interest in you and what you are saying will sometimes go out the window, probably often go out the window, and it can turn against you in aggression, persecution, or even if it's just the subtle ignoring, moving just past you, sidelining you, rejecting you. Although we are part of that world and we live in it, there is something different about us. We may not dress that much differently, and so we often cannot be identified by the world in that way. We may look to the world the same, but hopefully it can be seen in our lives, our values and our attitudes. We know we are different because of whom we are pleasing whom we serve and follow, whom we really care about, whom we know who has gone through the scourge of death to win us life, who has been punished and crucified on a public cross, 
who has covered over all our sins, who has forgiven our sins, who has been our advocate with the Father, pleading our case of rebellion, who has allowed us to join him in his kingdom when we did not choose him. In fact, we lived lives of rebellion toward him. But the world is selfish. The world will say, I can do anything I want. Why should you care? If I want the most money or the house or the car or the job or the lifestyle, then why shouldn't I have it? Everyone else does. And who are you to present to me someone who's going to tell me that I'm wrong or to give away my comfort or to challenge me with the afterlife or better still, some dream by belief in some martyr whose death to me, non-believer, means nothing? Jesus says, but I have chosen you, believer, out of the world. For us believers, we were all on the downward slide out of here with no one to plead our case before God. It's not about us. and We didn't earn God's favour. We therefore come before him, not in celebration, but in humility and contriteness of heart because we have been blessed by his grace. What else do we need? Jesus reminds us believers, those who listen to his word, all this I have told you so that you will not go astray, as we read in verse 1. All this I have told you so that you will not go astray. Your expectation of life, my expectation of life, should be at the very least that it will be a challenge to be a believer because those outside the kingdom will not accept us. From verse 2, they will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, a time is coming when anyone who kills you will think he is offering a service to God. They will do such things because they have not known the Father or me. Firstly, verse 2 of chapter 16, to be excluded from the synagogue was a very hard fate. The synagogue was the house of God. It had a very special place in the life of a Jew. And some rabbis would even say it was hard to pray outside the synagogue. So it was much harder back then for those new believers needing the place of meeting to worship, to encourage each other, for community prayer, for the hearing of God's word explained. There was not much other way to communicate than to meet together in the Lord's name. Well, look how things are now. Even though we're still closed through COVID-19 this week and next week, still the worship and the message goes out remotely. But harsh things can still happen to us. And evangelism options have been curtailed under society and worldly pressure. And secondly, in verse 3, when anyone who kills you will think he is offering a service to God, thinking that they are serving God, these vigilantes would, would round up those who they thought were heretics and would kill them. And Paul certainly did as a Pharisee, observing the law. He saw these new believers as blaspheming, and he thought he was serving God by killing those Christians. 
and there have been many examples before and since of those who had demonic calls to permit, to persecute Christians in the name of God. Well, that's not the action of a believer. Jesus says they will do such things because they have not known the Father or me. From chapter 15, verse 18, if the world hates you, they will persecute you also. From verse 21, they will treat you this way because of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. Now, however, they have no excuse for their sin. He who hates me hates my father as well, but now they have seen these miracles and yet they have hated both me and my father. They hated me without reason. From verse 4 in, chapters, in chapter 16, Jesus says, I have told you this, so whether the time comes, you will remember that I warned you. I did not tell you this at first because I was with you. Jesus warns them about the reality of sin. That's been revealed by Jesus, and so the world and its values will be at odds with Jesus. And also that God has perfect timing. We will know the things we need to know when we need to know them, and we will come to know more of God's blessings as he reveals that to us, as he has planned our path for us. Through the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit in our hearts, we need through prayer to be faithful and obedient right now and into the future and forever. God is in control of all things. To him be all glory and honour and praise. So how do you link with the world? Do you want to fit in and get praise? Do you want the not negotiables, those things that are crucial to Christianity, those things of faith, you should defend with your life to lead you in serving Christ? Or do you want to be relevant, to make people happy with you, to be liked, but even more so to be applauded? And what does that do? Well, churches are often miserly when it comes to cordial drinks for kids at morning tea. And so what they do is they ration down the cordial you may have had one of those drinks. And so the percentage of water uh, is much, much larger than the cordial. It's only a few drops. And so uh, it's really lightly coloured water. Now, if that represents our faith, our religion, our Christianity, to be relevant on the not negotiables of faith is watered down so much that you can hardly tell that it's Christian. It's almost we might as well gather in some people from the streets, read them some fables, read them some, read together some good stories and some good morals and keep them happy and do the social bits really well. Why upset anyone? And this watered down Christianity ultimately walks away from the truth of the gospel. Is that for you and for me? Are we in touch? with the words and the works of Jesus? Do you and I recognise what he is saying? Are we familiar with the gospel message? 
Are we prepared to stand firmly on the promises of the Bible? And then does your life, my life, reflect the hard road ahead? In our other reading, our first reading, we looked at Peter and John and the apostles. And Peter and John had healed by the power of the Holy Spirit, the lame man. And they were taken to the Sanhedrin, the Jewish council. And they were warned not to speak in the name of Jesus. Well, here they are back a second time. And they said, we must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus from the dead, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. And God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and saviour, that he might give repentance and forgiveness of sins to Israel. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. Wonderful words to this Sanhedrin. And they called the apostles in, and they had them flogged. And then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. What did the apostles do? They left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering, disgrace for the name. And day after day, in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Christ. What a wonderful example of Christian witness. Knowing their saviour and they keeping that focus going even under persecution. And that's nothing like the youth celebration example I used earlier. Without knowing and understanding the commitment of serving Jesus. And theirs was more like self-serving. Hopefully, when tough times come, they will reach down for their Bibles and discover what it really means to serve Christ. Well, we don't do this commitment to Christ by ourselves. We have God's Holy Spirit through the written word of God, the Holy Scriptures to guide us. And as we read in verse 26, when the counsellor comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me, and you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. The Holy Spirit is with us now. So where do you stand? How will you serve the Saviour? How has your life been changed? What can you offer to the glory of God as a living sacrifice for him who has done so much for you and I. We have been warned of the difficult path ahead by our Lord and Saviour. Let's not go astray, but be led by the scriptures and in prayer, in worship of our God, who is holy and true. Let's come before him in prayer. Let's pray. Our gracious Father, we give you thanks for your holy word, which again reminds us of who you are and what you have done for us 
that in serving you, things may happen to us that may challenge us, maybe even horrify us. But we know who holds all the goodness, righteousness, mercy, and grace. And that is in you, our God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And whatever happens, nothing can separate believers from your love. May we, your servants, your humble servants, follow and obey in love for you. And may we continue to, may you continue to guide us and lead us. In your name we pray. Jesus' name. Amen.